welcome back for episode two. We went over on episode one on a few tips on how to choose a doctor. Now, of course, you might already have more questions or you might have more answers from our first episode. So we're going to keep um, posting different subjects in order to get a lot more feedback from you. Now, in this episode two, what we want to talk about is a picking and deciding on a recovery house. Now, as I stated on the trailer on our first um, interaction together, I do um, run a recovery house. I administrate one. So I will not be giving any type of marketing um, to the recovery house. I will not even say the name of the recovery house anymore. I will just um, talk about what you have to look for, what you have to get, and obviously other things on whether you should um, have a caregiver, have a hotel, or if you should get an Airbnb, which are a lot of other options that are out in the market. And what I think is doctor would be the best bet. And what I think would be, of course, as an administrator, the most um, money-saving decision and conversely making sure that it's the most health efficient decision now getting right on that um, there are a lot of options that we've had patients do before as my time in the being the subdirector of the clinic we had patients book hotels for their post-op care they would uh, go to different recovery houses they would stay at certain surgeons recovery houses and others would look for an airbnb and stay there for a few days and then we had um, some others that stayed with relatives here in Tijuana or they stayed with relatives close to the border in Chula Vista, um, San Diego or other areas that are a little more closer to where we're at, right? Now, I want to start off by talking a little bit about hotels in the TJ area and hotels um, overall in the post-op care. Now, first of all, and this is very, very important, um, having worked with um, different hotels in the post-op care of some of the patients that we had, um, this is the feedback that I can give you as one of the persons that booked them. First of all, whether you're alone or you're with a companion, these um, hotels tend to still get pricey. The night at a hotel might not be as expensive as a night at the hospital or a night at the recovery house, but they can get pricey if they don't include a lot of things or if they're gonna start charging you for others. Although it might not seem like a lot, the check can come out pretty hefty when you're talking about food, when you're talking about medical supplies, when you're talking about bringing in a nurse to give you some care, and moreover, if you are coming in flying, you know you can't have any trains, you can't bring a lot of things from home due to airport restrictions. So you're at, the, you're at a hotel, you have nothing on you but money, it's gonna come at price. Now, big barriers that we saw as uh, doctors uh, sending patients to hotels for the post-op care. Number one, which was a huge impact, um, something that here in Mexico we'd say, and I, I've heard it in other countries too, is you don't deny water to anyone. Water should not be denied. If you're a restaurant, you give that glass of water to the customer, 
most of the time it's not going to be charged. The only way they go around is charging a water bottle. Most of the hotels don't have the option of giving you a glass of water. They have the option of selling you a, a water bottle. Now, it might not seem like a lot, but imagine going out of surgery. You got to drink at least the very minimum of two liters of water. And I'm saying the bare minimum because it has to be more, uh, especially with things like lipo and tummy tuck. So you're at four waters, four bottled waters per day, per night that you're staying. Now, again, might not seem like a lot, but this is the first variable. Let's say they go for a dollar each. One day would be $4, five days would be $20. So add that into your budget and we're still, you know, down on what we would pay at other places. Other things that we have seen, of course, and that I've experienced with patients is, and it might not seem like a big deal or a deal breaker, but they get bored. Why hotels have a lot of limited resources on their medical field as what the only thing that they actually go for, the only thing that they actually do is bringing in some hospital beds and calling it a you know recovery suite. Now, it means that if you're traveling by yourself, you're going to be by yourself the whole day, number one. Uh, number two, um, if you were to bring in a caregiver, or a nurse or any of that it's very hard and from my experience almost impossible for them to send you some paperwork on their actual curriculum i've had plenty of nurses come over to both recovery houses to hospitals and offering their services as caregivers but as a doctor in order to be able to offer their services you gotta make sure that they can do what is being asked from I've asked for their curriculum, I've asked for their certificates, for their titles, their, their, I mean, anything, their degrees. And not once have I gotten anything from all these um, people, men and women, that offer these services. So that's something that we have to give you a heads up for, as a lot of times these are people that learn to take care of someone an elderly, uh, their father, their mother, their grandparents, and they went on to try and make a career out of it without any true credentials. So it's very important for you to first check on the credentials, but second, the money issue. The money that they're gonna charge you for, it's gonna add up to that account too. So now you're paying for hotel, you're paying for water, which obviously it's something now, and now you're gonna start paying for a nurse to come check you up. Now, if you were to pay for a nurse 24-7, it's going to be a hefty um, payment, which a lot of patients don't do. But if you're not paying for a, uh, for a nurse 24-7, then you're going to be moving into having her a few hours throughout the day. If you are, what's going to happen with the remaining hours? If you need to go to the restroom, you got to remember it's our hotel. They don't have the responsibility to help you with anything. And they don't have, and they legally cannot have any personnel in the hotel to be able to help you at any point. So legally, if they were to bring in any healthcare professionals to help the patients, they would have to put in so much more paperwork that would not allow them to keep the margins or keep the profit for, ha for having patients stay over. Now, other variables that are in there, I'm just going to go through them real quick, is food prices. 
a lot of hotels in their post-op care they don't offer food for the patients or they don't offer food for the companions so if you want to purchase food from them that's going to be another big price that you're going to have to be paying because hotel food is not expensive but it's also not cheap so now you're adding these variables up plus you're going to have to start paying for transportation to all the appointments that you're going to be getting from your doctor and if you're getting massages from your doctor too then you're going to have to be paying for those extra rides to and back to the hotel so you're going to have to keep an uber app or you're going to have to keep something so you can be on the go at every time and every step now a recent trend that i've seen also is for nurses to be taking patients to their house and taking care of them in their own house now this i think has been an option that is not as surprising um, as it's one person that pretty much turns in a do-it-all person they do everything for you but again um, a lot of these places don't have the necessary paperwork a lot of these places don't have an emergency route or they don't have an emergency manual on what to do if something happens to you um, some of them um, are not even trained into what to do in case of an emergency and a lot of doctors that I've, I've known and I've talked to over a, a period of time are not very happy with patients going there not because um, saving or spending more money but because one person in their personal house is not going to be sufficient for a well-being for a good care and to make sure that in case of an emergency they can be taking you right away um a lot of this um, has also backfired on a lot of patients because they go ahead and book these places or this their stays with one person and it's not a recovery house they make a living off taking care of one, pa one patient at a time and they start paying extra for little things like medical supplies or they start paying extra for different foods because it can tend to get out of budget when you get a patient that is different from the one before so a lot of these things keep happening so make sure that the decision you're going to go for that if this caregiver is going to give you a deal that she stands by that deal and if one of the things that worries you is that they've got the paperwork that you make sure you ask for the paperwork too in case of an emergency what's going to happen is she going to call an ambulance is she going to take you and if so you know what other charges might she be um, implying in there is the house close to the hospitals and all of these uh, different variables now um, I'm, I'm at this point I'm not saying no to any of them um, they're just options that are out there they have their they're obviously they're good and they have their bad usually they're good it's just that there might be a little cheaper than the average uh, night at the hospital or the night recovery house. Now, moving forward, uh, I wanna talk to you a little bit about the recovery houses. Now, recovery houses have been in the market for a while. They're not perfect and it's not always the best option. I can tell you that too. Um, I have a promise not to oversell or undersell any patient nights at the recovery house. What's good about the recovery house and what's bad of the recovery house is fairly simple. The bad things about the recovery houses, and a lot of them, is they tend to charge you extra for certain things they didn't tell you about. They have hidden fees in there. 
or they don't have all the materials that are needed for your recovery. Now, what I mean is very simple. You can look at certain recovery houses and they say, okay, the night at the recovery house is going to be X amount. And you're like, okay, that's great. You know, it's a, it's an affordable price, a price and whatnot. And as you get closer to the date or the day of, they're like, okay, if you're going to need medical supplies, it's going to be an extra $25 or an extra $30. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but it's something that a lot of times they don't tell you ahead of time. It's something that they don't precisely get in rhythm with you because they know that it could get pricier as you get closer to that date. And of course, it can tend to you not having the full information, having a little bit of discomfort at the end of the day. Now, other recovery houses, big problems. A lot of them are caregivers one more time. And I've had that question asked to me in the recovery house at least a hundred times. Hey, are, do you have nurses or are they just caregivers? A lot of caregivers get together, they get a house, and they try to do something with the house to make sure that they, it is a recovery house or sort of a recovery house. And you don't get necessarily a real recovery house. You get something that was built by people that don't have the medical or the nursing knowledge to take care of you, but they brand it as a recovery house. So that's uh, two things to look out for, which is the extra hidden fees and the personal that's gonna be taken care of. Now, moving to the good things, because obviously there are some good things um, and uh, it's not uh, the worst thing in the world, but the good things about recovery houses, for example, contrasting it with the hotel, is they're going to take care of you for all the little things. Most of the recovery houses that I know and that I've worked with is uh, they include transportation, they include uh, food, they include meals. A lot of them, like I said, they include also things like medical supplies, they include uh, emergency medications, they include um, doctor visits, or they include you know, all the nursing fees, of course. But you gotta make sure that you ask thoroughly what you want. What is included and what is not included in the package, what other services, what other fees you're having, so that you can have everything laid out to you and you can make the decision now other things about recovery houses is obviously hotels are, are closer to the hospitals as they are in the main economic area of the region which is downtown in el rio for example in tijuana and recovery houses tend to be a little longer away from hotels so what does that mean you could get a five minute drive from hotel to clinic you could get a 10 15 minute drive from hotel to recovery house so that's another thing that you should um, look for in some of the recovery houses that are a little farther away okay now other things that are not the greatest in recovery houses and i have to say it it doesn't matter we i want the truth so it doesn't matter that um we administer recovery houses is recovery houses that tend to have a lot of patients tend to start falling behind a lot of recovery houses start doing very well because they're very, they're very personalized. But then there's others that have 18, 20, 25 rooms, 30 rooms, or you know they have shared rooms at which point they can have even three or four patients at once in one room. They can start to lag behind on the service because they have more patients than they can take at one point. 
So it's something that we've had to deal with. Uh, I personally have had to deal with too. Um, it's it's a a service that can be full one day and can be empty the next. So it's always a lot of modifications how to deal with patients. Now, the last thing and the verdict that I'm gonna give with this is make sure that between these three that we just talked about, you can see um, what fits your budget, your needs, and of course, what your doctor recommends, okay? Now, there's one more thing that I discussed at the beginning that I haven't talked to you about, and it's because I 100% do not recommend it. I don't recommend it because I've had patients do it, and since they don't know the city, they can go very, very far away. I've had patients that have their cancellations done because they were, you know, post-op, and that's something they didn't disclose to the owners. And I've also had um, patients that didn't feel comfortable because, again, some of the variables at the hotel where they were alone or they didn't have the help they needed. So what is it? Airbnbs. A lot of patients in the recent months I've seen that they book Airbnbs. Yes, they can be cheap. Sometimes they can be even cheaper than hotels. But here is the big problem. I've had patients book an Airbnb 40 minutes away from the clinic where they had their surgery at. So if you're having a BBL, you don't want to be sitting down for 40 minutes to get to the Airbnb. And if you're having massages at that same clinic, you don't want to be sitting down every day 40 minutes to and 40 minutes back from the recovery house, from the Airbnb, I'm sorry. So the Airbnb, is not the worst also i don't recommend it because you're going to be more on your own it's going to be harder for family members for friends to travel through a place that doesn't even have you know a, a logo or don't have a google maps on it or anything like that that it's just the house and also it's going to be far more dangerous in case you need the help let's say something starts happening uh, god forbid you start bleeding out you have a lot of things let's just think about the worst case scenario that you in your mind you can imagine and you're at that airbnb your husband your friend your wife, um, I mean, call it what you want, whatever uh, the companion was or was, and you start bleeding out. You start having this emergency. What's gonna happen? You Let's say you call 911 at that point, you call the Mexican authorities, you say, hey, this is happening. How are you gonna describe somewhere that you've never been before? If your companion didn't bring a car, how are they gonna take you at that point? So, that's something where I don't recommend at all. Um, that's at least one of the things where I see the hotels can come up top at, which is they have some sort of service, a transportation service, in which they could, you know, try to take you as an emergency to your clinic, or you're so close to it that you can get an Uber, you can get emergency. It's easier to say, hey, I'm at this hotel, and the name of the hotel than saying, hey, I'm in this house that's in the middle of nowhere, or I'm in this house that, you know, was a reference point for that. So for um, security purposes, for all the things that go with the post-op care, I personally will never recommend 
renting out an Airbnb, staying at that Airbnb, and not having any help. If you are still deciding on getting an Airbnb, please disclose this information to the owner of the Airbnb or the administrator, because I've had patients being turned away because they were coming in post-op and they didn't let the, the owner know about it. I've had other patients that don't even look up on Google Maps, their, their destination, their Airbnb, and um, the clinic they're staying at. So again, 40 minute drive, 30 minute drive. Um, other things that have happened also is they don't they don't get prepared for having food and diets. So remember also, we're gonna talk about this later, but you need a really good diet in order to preserve your salts. And if you're not getting home, home cooked or you're not getting healthy food, and you're just buying out um, Mexican food, it's not the healthiest. And even if you can find a few that are very healthy, um, you might still want to get something that you can still cook at home or you can keep following up once you're out of here. Because if not, then you're going to start having these cravings and junk food or tacos or different things that are not going to do any good for your recovery after that. So all these variables add up and you got to be able to choose what's going to happen after you've had your surgery. So it's very, very important for you to be able to determine what are you going to do after surgery and what do you think is going to be the best. Okay. Now, I think all of the recovery houses have some degree of goodness to them. I don't think no recovery houses in TG are bad. I think a lot of them need work. I think mine needs work. I think um, a lot of these nurses that I told you about that go, you go to their houses, need a lot more formality. I I need I think that the hotels should start having a little bit of healthcare workers in there, and I think that the Airbnbs should be a little more controlled on the medical tourism. Nobody's perfect. None of the options are perfect. Just make sure what's gonna be what you're thinking about. What do you think is gonna fit what you need? And of course, always, always, always try not not to make decisions based on budget. Because if you save money, but something happens to you, that money is no good. So be sure to always look for what's gonna be best for you, best for your recovery process. And of course, for the procedure that you're getting, Fortunately, a lot of the procedures that patients get are low risk, but there are others that you um, and all patients know, we're going to talk about this too, that are getting mommy makeovers and that are getting arm lifts and thigh lifts uh, alongside their mommy makeover. Then at that point, you're getting patients that have a higher risk, but they're not taking all the precautions necessary. So be able to look into that. Talk to patients that already had these procedures and that they can share your experience. Remember, everybody's different. So even if your friend said that the hotel was terrible, it might be good for you. But again, it's something that you have to weigh in. You have to check the variables. You have to see what's going to be the best for you. And again, that you can make your own judgment. So if you have any questions uh, on which recovery houses you think would work well, Again, that's the only topic that I'm gonna not gonna talk about. I'm not gonna give any promotion to any recovery house. But if you want a recommendation 
on the other variables or if you want to know a little bit more about each one of them be sure to leave some questions to us so we can get through them we can enrich this information or if you're a patient that went with a good experience on airbnb and you think that what i'm saying also is not the best you can let me know and that way we can have more feedback about patients that have had, had an airbnb and that they went well and that maybe could be a viable option that at this point i don't think it is but we always have to get feedback in order to see what's going to be best for every one of us so thank you very much for your time today Um, I will be posting a few more episodes as we move along. I really want to make sure that we get some of this information out and I want to make sure that patients are getting what they need so that when the time does come, they make the best decision possible. So thank you very much. Uh, this is Dr. Adrian one more time. Anything you need, be sure to um, send any type of uh, text, email or anything to us and I will respond to you um, as fast as possible. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful one.